Your son, he's gone. He was weak and foolish, like his father. So I destroyed him. I used to have nothing. And welcome to the Weak and Foolish Movie Podcast. My name is Mike, and with me is Job Ang. And today on uh, our podcast, we're going to be talking about Black Widow, the new Marvel Cinematic Universe film. But before we do that, I kind of want to plug uh, this app called Letterboxd. It's a social media app uh, where you can log movies and write reviews and little blurbs and give it um, the movies that you're watching a, a rating. You can see what your friends are watching. Uh, there's a stream where you kind of see a list of activity uh, that uh, you know people you're following, uh, what they're watching, what they're rating. Uh, you can also follow critics and even filmmakers. And uh, you can create lists uh, like your top Marvel movies or your top 10 list of the favorite movies of all time. And I think one of the best things about the app is that it actually gives you annual stats of how many movies you watched that year uh, average scores, uh, most watched actor, and most watched director. So uh, this is an app that uh, I use uh, frequently and Job uses and uh, a bunch of our movie-loving friends use as well. So if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, please follow us and uh, you know we'd love to follow you as well. Uh, my handle is Mike H. Tang on Letterboxd. Uh, Job, what is your handle? Job Alex Ang. It's spelled J-O-B-A-L-E-X-A-N-G. Awesome. All right. So I uh, just wanted to plug that just because I feel like it's a nice little movie community uh, to have. All right. So if you're new to our podcast, we usually start by talking non-spoilers about the movie, and then we will let you know when we move into spoiler discussion. All right. So Job, I saw on Letterboxd that you actually, you were out of town this weekend. You were in Lake Arrowhead. So I didn't even I, I didn't even expect you to to be able to watch it, but then I saw that you had logged it on Letterboxd, and that's when I texted you. I was like, "Hey, you saw the movie? Let's let's talk about it on the podcast." And so here we are now. So there we go. Uh, yeah, what did you think of Black Widow? What are your some of your non spoiler thoughts? Yeah, non spoiler thoughts. Uh, it, it was a good it was a good time. I thought it was a film that was not really. I you know Marvel's gotten us to this point, right? Where we get super hyped up, we get super excited for one of their projects and and then um a lot of times it delivers, sometimes it is fine and satisfying. Um for Black Widow, I feel like we've been waiting for this movie for years now. Um and I didn't go into it thinking Oh my gosh, this is gonna be a must-watch. But I was definitely excited and interested and intrigued, um, and I came away feeling like, yeah, uh, that was that was fun. You know, <laughs> that was a good time. I didn't feel like I was blown away all that much. I didn't feel like it was incredible, but it was a lot of fun, um, which is really what all you could hope for in a superhero film or a Marvel film in the 2020s, I suppose. Um, 
I thought it was a lot more um, almost wholesome than I imagined it to be. Um, and we'll talk about why in the spoilers. Um, it was a lot more like... I, I actually agree with you on that note. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't wait to talk about it when the, the spoiler restrictions are off. Um, I, I thought the acting was really solid. I mean, you have some pretty fine actors and actresses that are gracing this film. Really good, a really good cast. Um, and they definitely pulled through. But in the end, um, what made this not like, oh my gosh, what a great experience Marvel film to me was that it felt very much like a, um, I think it was a tale of two movies. It felt like there was a, a grounded grittiness early on and it quickly kind of became B blockbuster movie, like hmm. popcorn thriller. And, um, it, it kind of wrapped up in a way that was like, Oh, uh, we're, we're wrapping up now. Interesting. All right, we're done. <laughs> kind of. That's kind of how this movie's pacing felt to me. Um, and while I had a good time, it also kind of was a little on the unsatisfying side of things for me. Mm, I'm interested to know what you think. All right. Uh, yeah. And I, I think, well, before I tell you my thoughts, I think we should clarify. Because I actually asked you before we started recording, how were you? Did you go to a theater in Lake Arrowhead or something? And uh, I forgot <laughs> that it was on Disney Plus, uh, you know, premiere access. Right. Uh, so that's how you watched it. Um, for me, I, I saw it in the theater. I I think <laughs> I, I refused to watch. If it was available in theaters, I'd rather watch it in theaters first. And yep. so I saw it in theaters and I thought it was uh, great. I think I liked the movie a lot more than you did. Um, I had heard things. So what, before Black Widow, actually, something this I started to do this year was I didn't want to read any reviews. I didn't even want to look at the Rotten Tomatoes score because I think in the past it's kind of set unfair expectations for the movie, whether it's setting the, the bar too low for me or set, making my expectations too high and I expect too much from the movie and I get disappointed. And so I, I'd rather just go, you know, un, completely unsullied in that area. I just wanted to go watch the movie and enjoy it and, and, you know, see if I can just, you know, yeah, enjoy the movie on its own merits without thinking about other people's opinions about it. You know, I don't want that influencing me. So I actually really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. Um, I think... For me, first of all, the first thing that stood out to me was were the fight scenes. Uh, they were brutal, right? Uh, I thought it was kind of like Winter Soldier type level of uh, fighting, like really good choreography, very vis visceral. There was you know people being thrown into doors and windows, and it actually looked like the stunt hurt a lot. So I thought that was cool. And you know while these fight scenes were grounded in reality um, and they're performed for real in front of the camera. Uh, I feel like everything else, like the car chases, the epic climax at the end, uh, I feel like at some points it was borderline cartoon, like kind of like Fast and Furious. Uh, and I think that's yes. kind of like what you alluded to earlier, how you feel like it's like a tale of two movies. And I kind of felt the same thing. I, like, I feel like if you commit to one style, 
if you want to be grounded, like keep it grounded. But then it started to, I'm like, at one point I'm like, dude, is this F, I just saw F9 last week. <laughs> <laughs> and then now I'm watching something just like it. So, um, in a Marvel movie. So I, you know, I feel like Black Widow is in that Captain America Winter Soldier type universe. That's what it started off as, right? In the beginning of the movie, it was like the first 30 minutes to hour, it was very serious and grounded. And then all of a sudden, it just, uh, yeah. I'll get more into it in the spoilers, specifically yes. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm not spoiling anything by just talking about the cast, but uh, I will agree with you. These are amazing actors in great roles. And I feel like everybody was extremely likable. Uh, Florence Pugh as Yelena, Natasha's uh, sister, loved her. I thought she was great. Uh, David Harbour and Rachel Weisz, they're also really likable as the uh, the father and mother, Alexi and Melina. And, you know, mm. it's a Marvel movie, so, I you know, I thought the humor was good. It was on point. Uh, I watched it in the theater, so, you know, people were laughing and, you know, clapping. So that, that was, you know, it was, it was fun to have that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say overall, like this was an enjoyable movie. It's, I'm not saying it's amazing. I, I think there are some issues like you alluded to. And I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's a good movie, but uh, it's not, it's not like, it's not making you, you know, cry or like get up out of your, getting up out of your seat and like cheering type thing. Uh, but we're, we're like, this is the 23rd movie, I think, in the Marvel cinematic universe so i think you know we've for me i, I kind of place it like maybe upper mid tier i i'd place it maybe above captain marvel uh below something like like captain america civil war or like thor ragnarok like those are those to me are like upper tier movies and then this is kind of like upper mid tier so it's close but i feel like mm. there could have been just a little bit more to to push it over to the edge and i, I think i'll talk about what that is in spoilers. Um, yeah. Do you want to you want to just start talking spoilers now? Let's talk spoilers. All right. So if you haven't seen this movie, uh, hit the pause button, come back. Uh, but if you have, just uh, continue listening. Spoilers are going to start right now. No, no, you're still holding on. Let go. All right. So uh, w what did you mean by a tale of two movies? Uh, I want. I want <laughs> let's go into that part. Yeah, well, as you alluded to early on in the non-spoiler section, uh, some of the earlier fight scenes are really brutal and visceral. Um, but as time went on, there was just C clearly CGI versions of these characters flying through the air, landing on things, grabbing rope at a impossible in an impossible way, and hanging on, you know? <laughs> Well, I mean, let's talk about um, the car, right? There's an arrow yes. that's shot beneath a car and then explodes. The car flips several times in the air and then flips onto other cars. And then it slips right into the staircase, a narrow staircase of a subway. Yes. And then it ends up on the platform <laughs> in the subway station. Yes. All right. And then, and then not only that, that was already ridiculous as it was, but then... Natasha and Yelena get out of the car. Natasha doesn't have a single scratch. And Yelena's <laughs> hand was bloody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's that's whole, that's whole like Vin Diesel uh, F9 type action scene. And, and I, yeah. I think it's like you said, right? It's like, it's so CGI. And it's like, they didn't do that for real. We know, I mean, it doesn't look real, right? No way. Yeah. No way. 
Yeah. And and then I think they're also tonally it it kind of shifted in a way from this kind of especially at the beginning. So we see in the beginning of the film um a flashback to when Natasha and Elena are kids and their parents are um apparently spies and um it it's actually pretty what a what an opening sequence by the way. I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah, like, I loved I was, it too. Yeah, it, so actually some context, we started, me and um, the family that we were on vacation with, we, we watched the opening sequence at like 11 p.m. And we're not planning to continue, but um, we made it all the way through the end of the opening sequence. And we're like, oh my gosh, like this movie's going to be amazing. Like it was tense. It had this like espionage, like spy thriller type of feel to it. And also like, made us feel really bad for the kids right um and there was even the opening montage with like the typical like spy classified redacted reel that kind of gave it this atmosphere like oh my gosh this film is journeying towards a very gritty spy thriller type of feel and so actually i feel like it did live up to it for a a large portion of the first half um but by the end I felt like it was just another crazy action thriller where we literally go into space again. I think it's just like F nine again, or like the higher atmosphere. Right, right, <laughs> like, yeah. Not quite space um, yet. Not quite space, but clearly, I feel like you would lose um, the ability to breathe at that altitude. <laughs> um, but you have humans flying through the air. Um, still breathing clearly and it it and then the whole plot is to destroy a, a mid space station type thing and I, it just started to get a little like oh okay okay you know um and i hate to use the word but it started feeling rather corny as the film went on huh. so it went from like spy thriller gritty something or other to we're flying through space and we're blowing things up. Yeah, anyway. I think at one point I was like, it, it just seemed like, the, so Natasha's supposed to be on the run, right? In this movie. Yeah. And uh, at one point she's just, uh, <laughs> she, it, it's like she ran out of things to do while she was on the run. She's like, okay, I'm going to go on this side quest with my long lost sister. Right. And it had nothing to do with, you know, her fleeing uh, the, the authorities uh, because of the uh, Sokovia Accords. So right. the movie was is kind of like a side quest for her. She, she like she she went on the side quest, uh, she took a break from the main story. And then at the very end, she comes back with blonde hair and she's right. ready to get back on to the uh, Infinity War. Um, yeah. But I, I think not going to back. Mention, to, yes. Sorry. If you on. don't mind. Yeah. Not to mention. Uh, they emerge in Budapest um, where she's been known to have committed treason, uh, like a uh, criminal acts, I guess, on behalf of shield. So she's kind of a known entity. Also, she's an Avenger. So probably one of the most famous people in the, the entire world. And she and her sister just get out of that crashed car and just run around in the city without like anyone like going like, Hey, like that's yeah. an Avenger. Yeah, that's true. You know, Right. She's supposed to be like gone. Her identity is supposed to be completely wiped out, but she's also like super recognizable with really, really red hair and 
just it was i was just kind of like wait but oh okay (laughs) well you know there was just so many moments in this film where it felt like oh well why didn't they do that at the beginning like they would fight and struggle and then they would do something that was very like obviously easy to do and it was like wait why didn't they just press that button earlier in the fight (laughs) anyway wait which part are you referring to Oh, there were just several fights in this film where, you know, they would be fighting. And then, oh, like, I think in particular, there's the, the, the first fight we see of a grown-up Yelena. And she's chasing down this um, former Black Widow, I think is what it was, right? Right. Um, and then she stabs her. But then, like, this Black Widow then pulls out the magic dust that, like, clears her mind. Yeah, right. Um. But it was like in a way where she just kind of pressed a button in her glove or something. Uh-huh. And uh I was like, why didn't she just do that oh, from I see. the start oh, before yeah, getting right. stabbed? There were a lot of moments like that. I see. Yeah. I didn't think about where that. It just became yeah. convenient. Yeah. Right. Uh yeah, um I think that's a good point. And uh I, I mean, but that's just something that I guess it didn't really I didn't really register that. <laughs> uh <laughs> that's okay. I, I was thinking about, like, the fact that, you know, we were talking before about how, like, it was a tale of two movies, right? One that, that's grounded in reality, one that's, like, a cartoon. And I feel like a good rule of thumb is, right, like, if you if you are set on doing it, like, visceral, hand-to-hand combat, like, doing it, everything in front of the camera, like, I feel like if you can't do it in real life, then don't do it in CGI. Like, don't flip a car in the air and then shove it down a subway entrance. <laughs> You know, like it already laid down the rules in the beginning, right? The first 30 minutes are so realistic. And it, like you said, it's supposed to be like a spy thriller. Like I th- I felt like I got some like born identity vibes, you know? Uh, so I was excited for that. I mean, it didn't take me completely out of the movie, but it did kind of, I guess, lessen the impact of the action scenes. Um, and I mean, speaking about that car chase, right? Like I feel like, yeah, the car chase is fine. Like there's when they started, uh, they took off on the motorcycle, right? Uh, no, no, it was a car, and then they did they get on? No, no, it was a car, and then they were being chased by that tank. Um, yeah, it's cool, but you know, I, I think it, it occurred to me during that scene that uh, Mission Impossible Fallout has ruined car chases forever for me, because uh, right. that, that that Paris car chase in Mission Impossible, like that's that's the benchmark, that's the standard now. And I just feel like anytime one car chases another, I'm like, I just can't get that car chase out of my mind. And I think there are aspects of this car chase that try to replicate that. You know, you're in a European city and then you're like close to the, the camera's closer to the ground is following the cars. Uh, and then like the, mo- like, you know, it goes out, of, the car swerves out of the way and then there's another car that's approaching. So I think there's some of those basic principles in there in that car, car chase. But uh, yeah, man, like... Uh, it just still doesn't compare, uh, and especially when you throw CGI into it, I think it just shows, it just improved the case for why you shouldn't use CGI in a in a car chase like that. Because uh, I think for me as an audience member, like it kind of took me out of that car chase, and it, it just reminded me of a, how it was better done, you know, in, in another movie. <laughs> or I guess the lesson here is don't watch Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, if you haven't yet. If you if you watch Mission Impossible Fallout, just know that you can never watch another car chase ever again. No, you know, like they won't be the same. 
I even was thinking not to go on about a different movie, but even in fat F9, when they were doing that car chase down one of the streets and, Oh, no spoilers here. Anyway, there was a car chase. I was thinking the same thing. Like I'm forever comparing car chases to mission impossible. Yeah. And that's a credit to that film. Um, but but yeah, if the stakes have been raised, just expect if you don't meet them to just be kind of like expect the audience to feel a little let down. Yeah. I feel like by that. Can we talk about some some good things though? Because there are some good things in this film. Um, I thought the humor was actually particularly good um, yeah. or particularly well-written to me. Yeah. And um, I think it helps that you have david harbour who's just a big furry oaf and yeah. of a man like um <laughs> delivering the lines with like a clearly like over exaggerated russian accent yeah yeah that just makes it so hilarious and i think i actually think one of my favorite exchanges in this film is him interacting with yelena when she's kind of gone off um and sat in her in the room and didn't want him him to talk to her and yeah. he just kept like telling stories about yeah, about himself, <laughs> about himself to try to connect with her, and it's just absolutely com- comedic gold. Yeah, I think. And there's just so many moments throughout um, this film where the humor was executed at the right moment and was good, even for Marvel humor standards. And Marvel's pretty good at this stuff, you know. Yeah. But I I I found myself laughing out loud a lot, and that's that was something I was not expecting but was very, very pleasantly surprised by. I actually, for me, I was expecting to laugh because it is a Marvel movie. And even though it's like supposed to be like a grounded spy thriller, yeah. uh, I mean, it still has the Marvel brand. So I was expecting like funny characters and dude, David Harbour. Yeah, totally. He's, he really brought it. Uh, my favorite moment with him was when he was walking with Natasha and Yelena after they rescued him. And it's just like this old, goofy man you know like and uh and he's with his two like quote-unquote daughters and then uh yeah. he's just like i'm so proud of the women that you two became and it's like natasha you're an avenger yelena you became the world's greatest child assassin <laughs> you two have killed so many people i'm so proud of you <laughs> it was like <laughs> yeah hilarious and, you know and that got that got a lot of laughs you know in, in the theater so um i i, I you know, on that note, I want to talk about uh, David Harbour and Rachel Weiss as the parents. And, mm. you know, it's revealed that this actually... I thought they were a real family. I thought they were just all Russians, uh, but pretending to be Americans in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, but you find out that not, they're not even... Like, they're not married to each other. These aren't their kids. Uh, they're just assembled together and planted in a suburban Ohio for three years. So I, I kind of like the idea that this family was fake, and um, and how the adults, Alexi and Melina, how they approached it as a mission only, or at least that's what it's thought of, right? Like they're just, oh, they're just doing their job, uh, and then there's these kids who they have to like pretend to be their uh, their parents. But for the kids, for the children, like that's they're they're attached to their fake parents. Like to them, that was their that was their mom, that was their dad. That's the the most normal time period of their life, and. The, I loved how they relished that. Like they're t- the movie opens with fireflies, and uh, so I, I really enjoyed that 
like the innocence of these characters, even as adults, they still held on to that memory of their fake family. Um, I actually really wish we got to see a little bit more of that. Um, you mm. know, because there are when uh, when Alexi, when da David Harbour starts singing American Pie. Wait, that's yeah. that's the name of the song, right? Yeah, American Pie. Right. Yeah. He sings it to her like cause that's a song that they sang in the beginning of the movie. And then he kind of brings it up again. So, you know, just it's a nice, sweet moment between this fake father and his fake daughter. And um, so I, I like that. And then the fact that uh, uh, Melina calls uh, she calls Yelena on the earpiece uh, when she's like mm -hmm. in the uh, operating table. Yeah. And she calls it, oh, this, it's mom, it's mama, right? And I thought yeah. that was just really sweet, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, what we kind of meant by wholesome in the beginning, right? It was just so right. family yeah. in like a, a, a really authentic way, even though these are the most fake, quote unquote, fake families. They 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 lived a real experience together. They right. they were a re they they were a real family in the end, and I think I like that it kind of is a a parallel to um, to Natasha's relationship with the Avengers as well. Um, the Avengers are her family as well. In a and it turns out like in a way she's never had a real biological family to call her own in her whole life, but she's marked and defined by the family that she f that was kind of like given to her in a way um after the <laughs> the fact uh, if that makes right. sense and i thought that was kind of a cool parallel um yeah that yeah. family is a lot of times it even yeah. though family is thicker than blood and like nothing can really replace your real biological family you can still be a true family with with those who love you and and i just thought that was really sweet and are you talking about fast and furious or are you talking about black black widow <laughs> um nothing is stronger than family <laughs> <laughs> i don't have friends i have family no no you got it wrong it's i don't have friends i have family yeah Okay, so on that note, on that note, they spoke perfect English at the beginning of the movie. Why, why didn't, why did they continue with Russian accents later on? Like, why didn't they go back to their American <laughs> accents? Yeah, perhaps they just uh, decided the mission is over and they just discarded it. Um, but then the the English was broken. Like, they could have at least spoken the perfect English with their accent, you know. But they were like starting to string yeah. sentences together in like such a broken and disjointed <laughs> way, and yeah. it got worse and worse yeah. as time. Yeah. Maybe you lose the ability to speak your a language if you don't practice, right? Like I used to be able to speak Chinese as a kid, but now when I try, my grandma laughs at me. Yeah, I, I feel like if you're a spy, though, you should be able to turn it on and off, and especially when your sibling is speaking fluent American English. Like shouldn't I mean she still speaks Russian right so she hasn't lost her ability to to speak her native tongue I guess so I don't know like I just I just thought it was a weird choice to have Natasha remain in American English and everybody else forgot how to speak American English and they just stuck with their Russian accents uh, I thought that was interesting 
Um, it's kind of like uh, <laughs> it's kind of like Wanda, Wanda Maximoff. Like her right. accident goes on and off. Anyways, uh, Yelena, uh, Florence Pugh. Uh, I think we're gonna be seeing a lot of her. I think she's gonna take the mantle of Black Widow from Scarlett Johansson, right? I uh, think that's what's implied by the end of the film. That's what's implied by the post-credit scene, right? Yes. Um, and it's a tie-in, actually, to Falcon and Winter Soldier in a really interesting way. Although I still don't know who the heck uh, that character is that is sup- she's supposedly working for now. Yeah. she's. Um, I didn't really like look into too much about her character. Yeah, she does show up in Falcon Winter Soldier. She shows up in this. I'm, she, she's kind of like the new Nick Fury in a way, and I, I wonder what she's up to. Yeah. yeah. I hope may, maybe she'll pop up again in the uh, Hawkeye show, because uh, the, end, the end credit scene is supposed to lead into Hawkeye, right? Oh, yeah, and her next target is Clint. Right. Um, so that that's kind of that's going to probably tie in in some way. Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun. You know, I just had this thought, like, that would be cool if in Hawkeye... We follow Clint, and um, she, Yelena is the bad guy in that movie, in that show, uh, for maybe a couple episodes. I thought that that might be an interesting way in. Uh, that, that'll that give us something that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that'll be interesting. And the character, I forgot her name. I'm not, like, super well-versed in all the characters names but the the one the the new nick fury she seems to be recruiting a bunch of like alternate avengers almost um to carry out tasks or to do maybe less than noble things and so maybe there's gonna be some way where she's maybe doing things that are a little less noble maybe she's kind of more of a bounty hunter type at this point Hmm. rather than a pure avenger if that makes sense you know what her role is right now with in Yelena's life is kind of like what Lex Luthor did to to Batman and to Superman in PBS. You know she's mm. manipulating them so they'll fight each other. That's right. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe that conflict will get resolved by when they find out like Hawkeye's mom's name is Melina or something. <laughs> or yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, I. I in terms of like, I guess our discussion, I've kind of like talked about all I wanted to. Is, is there anything else that you wanted to like discuss about Black Widow? Yeah, um, it this feels like a good stopping point. I I would just say, like a, a very good Marvel film in the end, um, like lost its way maybe tonally uh, halfway through, but there's more than enough here to make this a very worthwhile watch um and i do wish i went to go see it in the theaters but um maybe i will maybe i will yeah i i just wish we got this movie sooner i wish we got more black widow solo movies uh but you know they can always do anything i mean they they made this movie after she died in endgame so uh, i think anything's nothing's off the table that's what i'm saying and we got the multiverse so you know hey uh she'll she'll be back Maybe uh, Emily Blunt will will be a different timeline's uh, Black Widow. Oh man, <laughs> oh jeez, but she's supposed to be the Invisible Woman, right? In Fantastic Four with John Krasinski. Right. I think she doesn't want to do it. Yeah. 
right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in to our latest episode. Uh, we hope you uh, enjoyed our discussion, and we'll see you next time. We're not done yet. No. The Supreme Leader is wise. I'm sure you are. Blow that piece of junk out of the sky! <laughs>